From creator Frank Mueller comes the comic series, The Devil You Know. One late night, Graydon Cross comes home to find his family slaughtered and Satan himself standing before him. Fueled with rage, he rushes towards Satan, but is struck down before he gets to have his revenge. Upon his death, God appears before Graydon and gives him a choice. Graydon Cross, I am God. Your family and yourself were murdered by Satan. You may choose heaven, hell, or revenge. I'll send you to hell with powers I've given you to kill Satan. But if you kill Satan, you must become him. Do we have a deal? Deal. His desire for revenge too strong to ignore, Graydon agrees to God's terms and descends to hell on a mission to assassinate the devil and avenge his family. Upon finding himself in hell, Graydon must battle his way through an army of demons, all the while discovering the limitations of his new powers. The Devil You Know, written by Frank Mueller, available on Comixology and AcesAndAidsPress.com. You're listening to the Canned Air Podcast, your sidekick in the quest for knowledge, power, and entertainment. So strap yourselves in and prepare for victory! to another episode of Can Dare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. Jeff Holcomb. And joining us today, we have the creator of The Wages of Sin, the online comic, Keith Brown. Thanks for being with us, Keith. Hey, it's my pleasure, guys. We've got a good show for you today. Uh, a lot of stuff Netflix is going to be shoveling out onto Seriously. us. Seriously. But you know, all good stuff. Well, most of it. I mean, I think I'm a little old for something. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of it on there I'm uh, anxious to see. New Ghostbuster news. Uh, have you heard about this? I may have, but I well, didn't want to save it. I want to yeah. save it. And then after we're done with all that, we're going to turn our attention over to Keith and talk more about Wages of Sin. But before we do all that, let's get to recaps. Recaps! Okay, really quick, before we uh, delve into anything here, we have three deaths this mm. week to address. Uh, first of all, being Daniel Vaughn Bargain. He was Kruger in Seinfeld, mm-hmm. and he played the what was the, the military general and Malcolm it's in the like Middle. like a headmaster or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Very oh, funny guy. guy. What's that? I said that guy, okay. Yeah, yeah. He uh, died at age 64. I guess he had been battling diabetes for some time, and it... Uh, Finally got him, so that was really sad to hear. Leonard Nimoy, as we all know, yeah. passed away at 83. Uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease is what took him. And, you know, I didn't realize he smoked years and years ago, and he had quit almost, I think he said he'd quit almost three decades ago, but it was Quitting his, won't save you. Yeah, it was his uh, smoking that brought well, this on. And he was 83. And yeah. he was 83. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Very good point. But uh, and also one more, Sam Simon, uh, co-creator of The Simpsons, died at fifty-nine. Uh, finally, the colon cancer finally got him. I mean, this—that was something everyone had seen coming. Uh, yeah, he had donated a lot of his money to charity, and uh, I think he was our hero one week. Wasn't yeah, he? we talked about that a couple. Yeah. Of, well, to him a couple of times. Right. So yeah, 
three people that definitely made a mark on our lives that are going to be sorely missed. So I'll text some little tribute things at the end of the episode here. So there we go. be sure to stay tuned after the episode. Like on the news when they're showing Leonard Nimoy, they kept showing the part at the end of Star... Well, not the end of Star Trek, but when he gets radiated and he dies. Oh, at that the end one. of Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Yeah. And just that whole part, man. Talk about a tearjerker part every time. And the funeral when they shoot him off into space. It's like... The uh, eulogy that... Yeah. Gives, yeah. In all my travels, I've never met anyone more human. <laughs> yeah. Definitely sad to hear. That really struck a chord with me. So, yeah, like I said, stay tuned. The end of the episode, I'll put some uh, little in-memoriam kind of things on there. there but... Uh, yeah, Leonard Nimoy, Daniel Von Bargen, and Sam Simon. Rest in peace. All right, let's get right over to the Supergirl news we've got here. Was it a couple weeks ago they said who was going to play Supergirl? Mm-hmm. Her name was, what is it, Jeff? Melissa? Oh, I can't say her last name. Benoit? Benoit, I think it is. <laughs> I think it's that I'm first. not even going to try. Don't look at me. <laughs> Benoit? Benoit? <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, Warner Brothers has released the first two images of her in her Supergirl, Supergirl suit. And I have to say, it doesn't look too bad. It's got the yeah, same... Yeah, it looks really good. doesn't have the midriff like they're making her in a lot of the recent ones. Right. Which, who cares? Mm. But she's still wearing the skirt. I'd probably be more apt to watch with the bare midriff. But. <laughs> Wearing the, the white t-shirt with the yes midriff top. Oh, I don't know about all that. But, uh, I don't know. She's not as cute as I thought she would be, I guess. She looks very girl. wholesome. Yeah, exactly. Very wholesome look to her. Like those. Well, she's made of steel. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the group of girls that were the possibles on, that we posted on the website and talked about on the show. Those were all like I don't know. The I don't knock- even remember who they were. The knockouts, pretty much. They were all gorgeous, yeah. blonde bombshell type. And then you get the girl, the new one, the decent new, yeah, yeah, girl next door. She looked like she could have grown up on Ma and Pa Kent's farm. Yeah, yeah, sure. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why they picked her. I well, think it was a good choice. I don't know much about Supergirl or anything, but uh, when I saw that picture, I thought, yeah, this looks really good. Yeah. And it looks like the outfit that they have on her is uh, echoing the Man of Steel outfit a little bit. They toned the colors down too, like right. they have with all, everything else that they put on TV too. It's not bright colors. So we got that to look forward to. Also, guess who else is going to be in that? And Supergirl? Yep. Superman and Supergirl from back in the day. Dean Cain's going to be in the show. What? Is Terry Clark. Hatcher too? No, not Terry Hatcher. Oh. But uh, Helen Slater is going to be in the show too. Oh, shit. Really? Yep. Yeah, she's going to play it sounds like Kind of like a Perry White type deal, like the newspaper head. I think that's what it said in the article. Okay. But yes, yeah, they're both going to be in that. Mm. I sent Hel- Helen Slater an email. I, I haven't heard it's back like, yet. Maybe why this, you know. Answer my email, Helen. We want you on the show. <laughs> All right. Anything else on that? No, that's it. Moving along, going into Gotham. What we got on that? Jada Pinkett Smith's not showing up for the next season. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was, she quoted that she's not going to be returning. So they're gonna they gotta wrap her stuff up pretty quick. How many episodes do we have left? Not many. Man, I was really starting to get into her character. I said same here too. I I didn't like her at first, and then after yeah, she got taken out of her. Yeah, after shit hit the her, fan yeah. with Falcone, and she yep. had to skip town. That's when I really got interested. Exactly. Yep. She dug her eye out. Oh, so oh, that was awesome. Are you a fan of Gotham, there, Keith? I haven't seen it. No. Oh, it's it's good. I mean, it has its uh, things that kind of irritate the Batman fans, I think. Well, yeah, but you'll have that. It's a fun ride for sure. Yeah. All right. Anything else from Gotham? Nope. That'll do it for recaps. Recapping. And with that, let's move right into the rumor mill. The rumors. 
Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. Rumors. Jeff, what's this I hear about Marvel and San Diego Comic-Con? I'm guessing they're not going to show up. Apparently. Actually, uh, what was his name? You're, they're not showing up to San Diego Comic-Con? Just the San Diego Comic-Con. Apparently they're going to want to show up at the New York one, though, with something secretive. I bet it's so they don't get any spoilers released on anything. Oh, it could be. Yeah, because that stuff leaked pretty hard. Yeah, uh, They did a pretty good job of keeping the uh, Ultron trailer under wraps, yeah. where they were all sitting around uh, trying to lift Thor's yeah. hammer. Because I looked and looked and looked Same and couldn't here. find that thing. <laughs> the only thing I could find was like a YouTube video that someone drew like storyboards mm-hmm. that I had heard that oh, had seen right. it. And that was, yeah, that was really all I saw. James Gunner was actually the one that claims that Marvel's skipping the San Diego Comic-Con 2015. And who is this James Gunner? James Gunner is, oh my gosh, I can't. It's just Gunn, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, just gun. Yeah. Why did I said gunner. I don't gunner. Know. It's, it's tougher sounding. Yeah, it does sound tougher. Get no, out. He's the. Uh, he was a director of uh, James Gunner. Uh, uh, Guardians. Yeah, Guardian. Thank you. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, Not the comic book Guardians. Yeah. The movie Guardians of the Galaxy. Apparently, they had a secret conference that was so secretive. I can't remember anything else they talked about on. <laughs> well, I mean, that's mostly all they can release right at this moment, and that's just one account. There's been other accounts uh, of it floating around on Reddit right now just say, stating that there's no way that it's Marvel's It's like Christmas it. without Santa Claus, man. Why are you going to take Marvel out of San Diego Comic-Con? When's San Diego Comic-Con usually? It's beginning before mm-hmm. summer? Uh, I thought it was after. What the hell was that? I heard it too, but I don't know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> was it like a click or something? Or? It was like real quick, like bzzzt. Oh, someone okay. just buzzed in on us. Yeah, I wasn't cursing or anything. I'm trying, <laughs> trying not to click and clang and. Oh, no, you're fine, so. man. It, was, it just sounded like the wrong buzzer, or like yeah. on Jeopardy or something. Or. Oh, well. Someone's buzzing, Jeff. You're wrong, Jeff. <laughs> Damn it, source. Wow. Well. But yeah, with it being usually in the beginning of summer, I don't think there's really much for them to release. Any, everything that would be coming up would be for the New York one, which is in the winter, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they've got dates announced to 2020, I think, or something. Yeah, so there's not a lot really going on with you it. You think yet. they'd have something? Have you guys been to many of those cons? No, not to either of those ones. I've, uh, I haven't either uh, yet. Um, I, I, I guess San Diego was. The granddaddy, correct. Yeah, and but I, I, I don't know. It seems like people lament now that it's more about just movie companies showing up. I don't, I don't know. I've never been to one. I don't know. You know, maybe it's not what it used to be, that kind of thing. But I, having never been to one, I don't know. So I've heard uh, that too. Like the movies are the big draw. They still have their artists to alley and like comic like rows and stuff there for people to yeah. check out. But I don't think that's what's drawing the crowds in. But well, and I, maybe that's what yeah. people are. Maybe that's what people are complaining about. That it's become so cumbersome now. Sure. Uh, with just the sheer amount of people and everything that that it's almost not not any fun because you just spend your time wading through. Um, the masses, you know, and, and right. make, I, I guess I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, just kind of what I've seen some people write online, and, and part of me can relate to that anymore. I can't even stand going to a football game, you know. Oh, yeah, so, for sure. That's why and, I shop online for Christmas. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I understand a lot of people still like it, and that's fine, but I can understand if you're, you know, if you're a true comic aficionado, and that's why you went to those, but all of a sudden it just became a massive 
celebrity movie. It, that ought to almost be a separate thing. Sure. I, then again, maybe it's good for the comics. I, 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 again, I can't speak to it because I haven't been to one. I'm sure it has its benefits being yeah. there with all the the big movie stars and stuff. You know, you get a yeah. lot more people to come by your table and whatnot. But I totally it's, know what you mean. It's maybe not ticket a, prices go up too, and right, anything gets popular, prices go up, and maybe that's what turns a lot of people off. Sure. And. Uh, well, I'm anxious to see the reaction because to get tickets to San Diego Comic Con, you've got to buy like pretty much the day after it happens for next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you don't get them. So, you know. Well, there you go. Yeah. I'm sure many people already have their tickets. And then to find out that Marvel possibly won't be there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a kick in the nads. Yeah. They're, well, they're one of the big players, you know. So. Sure. It's what people go to see, you know. Maybe DC will up their game for. San Diego, since Marvel isn't going to be there, we'll have a whole bunch of extra room they can show stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's going to stretch, stretch out here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I, I, I'm kind of at the point where I have to see it to believe it. But if that's what you say, you've heard. It is from the source himself. <laughs> that's from the source himself. Weird. I don't know. Uh, you, you always are tricking me with. With things like last week, you had a bug on the table. It looked real. I, I, I thought that shit was real. That freaked me out at first too, because I was, oh my god. And then I realized, no, it was plastic. Jeff's always trying to get one over on yep. us. So, uh, again, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But we'll see. That'll do it for the rumor mill. But that's it. Yeah, that's it. You're the only rumor this yeah. week. What? Yeah. I. Hold on, I got one more rumor then. <laughs> Give me a second. I always had it on here. It was ridiculous, too, and I was like, I shouldn't bring it to the show, but if there's only one here... That's the only one. All right. Two of them, actually. They will... Apparently, they're going to start beginning the Wolverine movie earlier this year, or sometime earlier next year. Sorry. Is this the last Hugh Jackman installment? They haven't said yet. They haven't even given a title. They just call it Wolverine 3 right now. So, I mean, it's, okay. it, it's rumored that it's going to be starting out. Um, rumor also has it on that one rumor that Storm's going to show up in it. So we have the love affair. Yeah. Between Storm and Wolverine, probably. Really? But it won't be Halle Berry. Oh, my God. Uh, that that it, could be all right. <laughs> I don't know ridiculous. if they do, like, a scene with Halle Berry like she did with Billy Bob Thornton in whatever that one movie <laughs> was, a Storm. Uh, I could get behind that. I, I don't remember what it said on the uh, thing. Like he got behind her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a totally no- different movie then, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. What was that movie called? Uh, I want to say Monster's Ball. That's yes. what it was. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Left nothing to the imagination. No, no. Not a thing. I can hear her in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bless her. Sources on uh, another site state that Beyonce is going to be in it, but they don't say who she's playing as. What? Yeah. Now you're blowing smoke up my no, ass. No, no. This I comes directly that. from KanyeWest.com. <laughs> okay, we're done here, Jeff. <laughs> we're done. Oh, Beyonce. That'll no, do it no, for I the didn't. rumor mill. <laughs> Rumors! <laughs> Can't get away from the rumor mill. Yeah. yeah. Rumors! All right, after that load of steaming crap... <laughs> Let's move right into talking about some comics. This week, let's let the guests go first. Keith, yeah. whenever you're ready, go right ahead. 
I'm going to let you guys in on a secret. I'm not that well-versed in comics per se. Well, for instance, you know, uh, well, you know, I'm with Hound Comics. Right. And uh, they, you know, they do some fantastic stuff. And, and, and like, I've been peeking around your website a little bit, and I see that you guys are uh, have a, a great interest in a lot of the incredible either comic heroes or the graphic novel type of stuff. Right. And uh, I have to be honest, I'm not that well versed in, in, in that stuff. You know, when I was a kid, how old are you guys, by the way? 38. Uh, I'm 33. I'm 32. Okay, well, I'm an old man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 52. So when when I was a kid, you know, comic books were around. Superman, Spider-Man, Batman, all that stuff, and Archies and stuff. And, and we, you know, we had that stuff. But uh, and it was one of those things where we we, we kind of read them cursory. But I don't remember anybody in my circle ever being you know becoming a huge collector or anything like that. You know, right? And so it was kind of a, a cursory thing. Yeah, it's just something you know we kind of did, uh, and then we moved on. But I always gravitated toward. Uh, humorous comic strips, if you will, sure. which might not be a surprise to you considering what I do. <laughs> um, but that, that being said, I, I, I enjoy that stuff, and I'm always impressed with the incredible artwork and, and, and everything like that, but I, I'm not an aficionado. I, as a matter of fact, that's one of the reasons I enjoy just listening to you guys talk about it because I'm learning stuff. <laughs> and, <We're teaching>. uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what I do is is kind of a different beast. And right. in, in that regard, as a matter of fact, I'm aware of a lot of stuff out there, but I purposely don't study it. Does that make sense? Sure. Um, in, in, at least in terms of like a comic strip, because I'm just scared to death that I'm going to inadvertently lift a gag or, oh, or some, something see. like that. And which, and there's been a few times it's happened where I've uh, seen somebody else do something where, wow, I did that gag nine months ago, and those things happen. Sure. You know, just just like-minded when you're when you're making a, a sport of a certain subject, it's a fairly common. But the, but that's one reason why I'm aware of a whole bunch of stuff out there, and there's a lot of great stuff. But I don't study it. Do you know? Do you get what I mean? Oh no, yeah, totally. And, I understand. That's just kind of me. I, I just kind of create this little bubble. And I'm talking about, like, basically comic strip stuff. Uh, sure. But at the end of the day, I'm not real well-versed in, in in the hardcore comic stuff. But uh, I'm learning as I go, as I as I get into this. So being in a situation like this is, is quite interesting. I can just listen to guys that uh, know a lot about it talking. And I just kind of maybe learn a little bit through osmosis, you know. Sure. He, th- he thinks we know a lot about it. I, I like that. <laughs> but you clearly are a fan of it. I mean, you wouldn't be doing a, you know, you wouldn't go to this trouble to uh, to do what you do, you know? Right. And so. It's just know, fun more than anything. Exactly. I, yeah. So that being said, I would like to say that I was impressed with your, your get of uh, Yvonne Craig. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool. I listened to that, you know, because I was that I was a kid when that hit you know, right. on TV. And so I remember that well. My mother, this, you know, back in the 60s, um, everybody's mom sewed and mm-hmm. made clothes. And my, my mother was very good at it. And she made my brother and I 
uh, Batman and Robin outfit. Oh my god! And somewhere there, probably pictures of that. And she did an incredible job. I wish I wouldn't have been such a knucklehead. I have no idea whatever happened to that stuff. And I probably even had a, you know, we probably even had a little utility belts. Of course, back then, you know, you could go to the store in a toy section and buy a little Batman toy. Right. You know, like utility belt plastic thing. With a little sure. Box. We probably had those, and there's price and pictures floating around. So I'm of the age that when the original series hit TV, and uh, the, oddly enough, I don't remember it as much in my actual childhood as I do in later years. Um, right. Just watching it and and just enjoying it for how campy it was. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, so, but I guess that being said, you know, uh, it was around and we enjoyed it, but um, I, I was just never completely immersed in it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, yeah. I've only been back into cartooning for like five years, the past five years. And uh, so it's, I'm kind of starting to develop a new like and respect for all of it. There's a lot of it out there, man. A lot of it out there to like. And I tell you what, if you're still a fan of uh, Batman, you know, the old Batman Adam West show, there is a comic series out now just called Batman 66. And each issue is like a one shot. The whole thing's written just like an episode. They're a lot of fun. There's no commitment to it. You don't have to, you know, keep buying them every month to stay in the story. Just pick it up here and there whenever you want. It's a lot of fun. Well, you know, it's interesting, and I can't remember where it was. Not too long ago, Adam West was on somebody's podcast, and unfortunately, I can't remember who it was. And it was it was wonderful because I hadn't seen a lot of him. I've seen him in the occasional cameo, sure, you know, but I've never really sat down and heard the man have a conversation with somebody. And it was wonderful because he had a lot of little behind the scenes tidbits. And he didn't take himself too seriously. Right. And, and it was actually just a lot of fun to listen to. And like your podcast and others, what I find a lot when I'm at work is I love listening to um, a lot of stand-up comedians have podcasts that I enjoy and stuff. And I right. enjoy the nuts and bolts you know, of how somebody got to where they're at, you know, yeah. and all the, the, the little uh, uh, twists and turns and tweaks because it, it helps keep me inspired to keep doing what I'm doing. Sure. And it was a lot of fun listening to Adam West. I don't, I, unfortunately, I can't remember specifically some of the things he was talking about. I think he was having a little fun, you know, had some fun talking about the uh, outfit he wore. And, sure. And, and, you know, even at the time, they knew exactly what they were doing. Right. You yeah, know, they, that it was they, supposed to be campy. And, exactly. They, right. they, it wasn't some sort of uh, attempt at something. They knew exactly what they were doing, and, uh, and you know, he, I, they laughed when they were doing it. You right. Know? And uh, so I thought that was a lot of fun to hear. Sure. It'd be hard not to laugh, uh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. That uh, I definitely recommend you picking up that comic if if you ever are out and happen to and see it. What was it. it called again? It's just called Batman sixty six. Batman sixty six. It's it's hard to ignore that cover, man. It comes screaming <laughs> at you off the shelf. It's, it's so bright and colorful, and it looks just like the old show. But yeah, you should check it out, man. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely think about that. Yeah. Well, let's move on here. Who wants to go next? Jeff, he's got something this week. Jeffy's got something this week. I actually have a comic. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be damned. Wait on his. Jeff? Um, it's Dave. 
Well, IDW's Dave will D4 VE. I've been wanting to read that. Like in the back of every comic book I've read, there's been a, an ad for it, and it looks very intriguing. And, and you know what's funny about that is like you always get a comic, and it talks about another comic in the back, right? Mm-hmm. If I flip it over, it just talks about Dave still. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very confident comic. Um, I picked this up because the premises from what somebody had told me and what I read online was it's about a midlife crisis through a robot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty strange because he's a war veteran from the time when he was actually purging the world of all humankind. Mm. So it actually takes place of actually the robots taking over the world. And they just weren't satisfied there, so they started taking over the galaxy, basically. So they just oh, wow. went planet to planet, just killing any biological beings. Okay. What happens when you get too far to the end of the galaxy and you think you've killed everything? They come back home, nothing else to do, and they be started living just like humans were. They oh, really? repurpose themselves? Yeah, they just repurpose. They, they live, they work, they eat, they go to sleep, and they go back to work. So the human day. race is not in this. Yeah, it's I mean, eradicated. It's Even, like... Uh, the plants and everything are just gone. It's sustainable life through all robots, basically. Hey, you said it was a, about a robot having a midlife crisis. <laughs> yep. I'm just curious. Did he, did he start dating a robot half his age? Or you, you know what's funny is that he, he got met, a convertible. Yeah, a little dead robot. <laughs> he did. He actually met a robot while going to Disneyland. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah, there's a picture right here. <laughs> and uh, he starts to realize that he misses the old days where he would just go out and start killing things. And right now he's working <laughs> in a uh, a hole in the wall job, okay. where his boss is just coming in here and just rips them apart the entire time. And mind you, it's all about robots, so they start talking techie in it. Okay. Where like you need to start partitioning yourself better and <laughs> you know, learn to upgrade. And, uh, I mean, they're just like, it, it makes you feel like they became normal Joes just because of the human part of them. Right. Like, they actually have a scene where they actually go to a strip club just to get their minds off of stuff. I've seen that picture. Uh, Robot strippers? <laughs> they're not so much different than you and I. I don't know. Their cleavage, I can't imagine being that jiggly. What have we got here? <laughs> the oh, hydraulics wow. kind of put it up and down. <laughs> Now, the, the cool thing about it is, like, you learn about the character, you learn about his past, you see all the crap he's kind of going through right now, and they throw a whole bunch of jokes in there, a lot of new references and whatnot, and then towards the end, they leave you in a cliffhanger, because out of nowhere, and I'm going to blow the ending, because it is just the first issue, a ship comes down, and there's a whole bunch of organic life, and they're just starting to destroy robots, and Dave doesn't know yet. Uh-oh. This strip club scene here reminds me of the strip club Bender used to go to on Futurama. <laughs> you know, that's what got through my mind. It was like I was automatically thinking of Bender and HK-47 from uh, Old Republic. Yeah. Where he mm-hmm. just calls people meat bags yeah. until he can destroy them all. So, uh, I mean, I would recommend picking up the read. I can't wait to read the second issue when it comes out sometime uh, either this month or next month. Just so I can kind of get a follow-up for you guys because, wow. Yeah. I, I was cracking say. up. This is so funny. So is it like it has a comedic tone to it, or is it serious? Or oh, it's so it's so funny because you have to really listen to like him narrating himself, and he talks crap about everything around him and how he hates <laughs> his life and how crappy his wife is and well, how it's a struggle. And he even so he's turning human. They're, yeah, they're turning into humans. Human, but he wants to go back to the old days where he's just shooting things. I wish I had a human to kill. <laughs> <clears throat> 
So that's right. the comic I actually brought. <laughs> Kudos, Jeff. Yeah. Kudos. All right. You want to go next? You want me to go next? No, go ahead. All right. My bring this week, after the recording of the last episode, Jeff brought to my attention, and bless his heart for doing so, that there was a, <clears throat> a side series to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series that I'm reading right now on IDW called The Mutanimals coming out. And I've <laughs> talked about The Mutanimals on the show before. I don't remember if we talked about that with Jim Lawson when we had him on. Nah. He was one of the cr uh, original creators of that, too. It was one of the first comics I ever bought. And um, it was on the Archie label, and it was just a bunch of the other, like, turtle figures you'd see at Walmart or something that weren't in the cartoon that I think they tried to fit into this yeah. series to kind of give them a purpose, you know, <laughs> other than just hanging there on the shelf. But um, anyway, the one that was out originally back when I was a kid was very, was for kids, very cartoony. Um but a lot of fun. There were a bunch of different mutants, like, uh, let me see here, I've got a picture saved. But, like, the leader, I think, of the old one was Jaguar. He looks like just a leopard wearing, like, a grass skirt. And there was Ray Filet. He was the big blue stingray guy. You guys remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was Mondo Gecko, the, the, the skateboarding yeah. lizard guy. Wingnuts and Screwloose. I remember them. Leatherhead. What? Ninjara. But, again, very cartoony. So when I saw that this was coming out, I had to look into it. And it just, like I said, it splinters off from the main story that's going on right now. And instead of being led by Jaguar, they're being led by the character Old Hob, which is a cat that was mutated the same night as the turtles were and uh, has been working for Shredder all this time, but had been done wrong one too many times by him. So he starts pulling together this... Uh, gang of mutants that he meets around town, you know. And there's only, what, four or five of them now. Yeah. It's himself, it's Slash, it's Mondo Gecko, uh, Herman the Hermit Crab. He's awesome because his shell yeah. is just a dumpster full of artillery. And Pigeon Pete. Yeah, Pigeon Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Dipshit Pete. Oh Pigeon my Pete. God, he was. He's such I a was dumbass. cracking up when I was reading that. <laughs> He's pretty so, much the one that gets him in all of the trouble they yeah. typically find themselves in. But again, a, com a very far offshoot from what the original Mutanimals were, but still a lot of fun. Um, this pretty much starts old Hobbs in the Mutanimals war against those who do wrong against mutants. Yes, yep. And uh, we see, one, we get to see Mutagen Man in this comic being busted out of the Null Corporation, which was awesome to find out because any fans of the Mutanimals, if there are any out there left there listening, <laughs> <clears throat> will remember um, one of the main villains was Mr. Null, and he was just this guy, this bald guy, wore a business suit. He kind of looked like Lex Luthor, but he just had two little devil horns right on his forehead. And uh, he claimed to be the devil many times, and I, from what I read, the, the, like, the more evil deeds he did, the more evil he became. But he's very, very powerful, and he's supposed to be, you know, under Shredder, the next greatest threat in, their, in that universe. Mm. But I remember, even as a child, that character being in the Mutanimals was very, very dark. Like, he had all these, like, uh, winged skeletons and stuff that would come out and try to fight him off. It was very dark for a seven-year-old <laughs> to be reading. But, um, yeah, I was really excited to see this come back, so I had to pick up issue number one. And now they're actually squeezing a new version of the Mutanimals into the Nickelodeon cartoon starting next week. How about that? Oh, I'm I'm tickled pink. I know no one really gives a shit, but I, I'm, I'm into it. So <laughs> I liked it just from seeing the cover last week. 
when Jeff was talking about it. Right. And then you were talking about how much of a dipshit Pigeon Pete was. <laughs> and like the first three <laughs> panels of that one, yeah. you see it right there. <laughs> yeah, and he's he's kind of worthless, but he's a mutant, so that's why he's there. And Hobbs in the game kind of reminds me of Magneto and his brotherhood. Yeah, yeah, and I've never put that together. Fighting, yeah, fighting four mutants, but I never like type of mutants. I never liked Hobbs because he was he was just a son of a bitch, always trying to you know kill them, obviously do Shredder's doings, but he just he's kind of. Like you said, taking that middle ground there, where he's he's still not doing stuff by the book of like a true hero. Yeah, but uh, his intentions are good, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm anxious to see where this goes. So that's the mighty <laughs> mute animals. All right, I got big trouble in Little China. <laughs> Kurt Russell's mullet on that cover is looking awesome. <laughs> if you remember the movie, good old Kurt Russell was Jack Burton, the tough guy truck driver. And he got into a bunch of shenanigans in Little China in San Francisco with some crazy demon, uh, Japanese or Chinese demon. Okay. That was that kidnapped a green-eyed Chinese girl to make him his wife so he could turn mortal. Is that what it was, Jeff? Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? Yep. Well, he wins and saves the day at the end, but he never really did anything in the whole movie <laughs> but talk <laughs> shit. And I was really surprised where... The book was going to start up, and it starts up right after the movie. No. Yeah. So he's driving the Pork Trop Express in the in the Thunder, talking on the CB. And there you go. There's that big monkey-looking ape thing. And it oh turns my out God. <laughs> because he killed Lopan in Jane the end. Wong. That demon is following him now because he was like Lopan. He was Lopan's pet, but because he killed him, he's. Pretty much Jack Burton's pet now. What? So he goes back to San Francisco, talks to the the old crazy Chinese guy, Egg, which was like a wizard, and (laughs) he kind of explains everything to him. Then all of a sudden, this new guy, this new demon comes up, and he wants to come after Jack Burton for killing Lopan. It's crazy. (laughs) It's so funny. (laughs) I got to keep up on it. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was looking for something different to talk about this week, and I was looking and looking, and... You succeeded. Big Trouble in Little China. You got to watch that movie. I'll watch it. I think it's on Netflix, right? What? You haven't seen it? No, No. he hasn't seen it. Holy crap. Yeah. (laughs) You got to see the part with the water. The part with the water. supposed to give you courage and strength, and he's all sitting there in the elevators, and they're like... Looking at each other, just kind of smiling. They're like, yeah, I feel pretty good. <laughs> Didn't they make a sequel, like Big Trouble in, uh, like, uh, L.A. or something in the 90s? No, or no. Is, uh, that's, uh, what was that? Escape, Escape from L.A. Yeah. Escape from L.A., yeah. Well, yeah. Did that have nothing to do with this? No, was that no, something it's completely totally different? different, yeah. All right. <laughs> in the elevator, and he kisses the chick, and then he comes out, and he has lipstick on his face. <laughs> He's talking all badass <laughs> to the bad guy. Looking like a dumbass. <laughs> I have to watch that, I guess. That's crazy. I want to watch it again just from reading this. I'll watch it again just from talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else? No. That'll do it for Comic Talk. And with that, let's just move right into Real World Heroes. Jack. Who do we have this week? Sheldon McFarlane from Australia. And what has Sheldon McFarlane done to deserve a spot on our wall of justice? Last November, he and Christopher Jones were going skydiving. Uh, Sheldon was the jump master. He's the head honcho going out there making sure everyone does everything good. Uh, They went ahead and jumped out of the plane at 12,000 feet. Halfway through the skydive, he noticed the guy that jumped with him was having a seizure. 
Holy crap. I seen this. This, this is on YouTube. Yeah, it just came out on yeah, Monday last week. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, he waited a couple months to put it up. Wow. Because it happened in, in November. But yeah, he was he was skydiving face first, just like normal. And then all of a sudden, he just flipped on his back and then just, just took off straight down. And the jump master, he had a GoPro on his helmet, so he was filming the whole thing. Ended up flying down to try to help him out, but missed him. Turned around, came back, got him, pulled a chute, and saved this guy's life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it was about, wow. At about 4,000 feet is when he finally woke up. Or no, he, that's when he pulled the ripcord on the, on the kid. Wow. And the kid, he woke up uh, not knowing what happened, but the parachute was open and stuff, so he knew he was all right. So this couldn't have been his first time because, I mean, typically you have to have a, like a tandem jump through your first few times skydiving, right? He had a epilepsy, but he didn't have an episode for about four or five years, I guess. So he thought he had it under control. So is it just, I wonder if it's pure coincidence that it just happened while he was in there? Or, see, I don't, I don't I'm not a doctor, so I know nothing about <laughs> it. Or if it was like, like the actual, like, adrenaline or the, the fear or whatever he was feeling. That, in the article I was reading said it was probably sensory overload that pushed yeah. him. Just wow. the, the, this time jumping was just too much and it put him into it. It was, I was sick watching the video because all you can see is just them in the camera, in the plane, and then they jump. And right then my stomach just went like, whoop. <laughs> and then he starts having his seizure. He flies to try, try to get him, passes him, and then he looks down, and dude's way down there. He almost had to do like a... Like a dive, like a nose dive. Yeah, what's that, Keanu Reeves and Patrick Point Swayze break. movie? Point Break, yeah. <laughs> and just like bullet down straight to him to catch him to pull his cord. Wow. Can you imagine the pressure that this uh, Sheldon must have felt in that moment? Like, if I don't get to him and pull that cord... He's going to die. He said that, I guess they have, like, computers in their packs that at certain velocities and altitudes, it'll automatically shoot his parachute out. Really? That he's like, I am not taking that chance. No. Not if I, no. I can get there and help him. Wow. Wow, what heroic deeds. My God. And for that, Sheldon McFarlane, you have found a spot on a wall of justice. In the Hall of Heroes. Wow, we ought to give that... Dude, something like another medal or another <laughs> spot on the wall. That's crazy. I'll show you the video after. Yeah. Because I got the link here. I'll put it on the website, too. Wow. All right. We're moving on. All right. Let's talk a few <laughs> things here really quick, and then we're going to turn our attention over to Keith Brown and talk about his comic, The Wages of Sin. Uh, first, Netflix sensory overload right here. Many, many things coming up on the Netflix horizon. They're going to take over TV. It's already it. happening. I can't wait to the day where I can cancel my cable and mm. just, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could do it now, but I, th I think I might have retaliation from a little bit. <laughs> Actually, the I've been okay with all the Netflix shows and stuff, but they came out with Richie Rich and it's. When was it ever action? good? Huh? Yeah, I never liked the cartoon. <laughs> oh, you never liked the cartoon no. when you were little? Fuck Man. Richie Rich. What? Stupid <laughs> robot maid. Oh, the Jetsons did it better. Yeah. Oh, Rosie. Yeah. Yeah. I loved her. And the stupid dog, Dollar. Dollar was his name? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the name of that yeah. dog. I was thinking Jetsons. I was like, Jetsons? Yeah, that was no, like that Astro. Was Astro. No, no that's yeah. not. Richie's was Dollar. Dollar. Oh, yeah. See, I did. Again. <laughs> uh, the first thing I found Pee Wee Herman has a new movie headed to Netflix. Um, obviously, Paul Rubin playing Pee Wee. Really? But this was uh, he and Judd Epitaw. 
put this all together. I yeah. put this together. It's called Pee Wee's oh, Big say, Holiday. Hands. What's that? <laughs> I was going to call it Pee Wee's Idled Hands. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't be hazy. He's over that. He's so over that. Well, he's over that in public. Yeah. Maybe he's over that. <laughs> but uh, Pee Wee was one of those things I grew up with. And I mean, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, come on. It's like a cult classic. I don't think it made any ripples in like the movie industry, really. But no, it's one yeah. of those things that uh, when you think of nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Francis. Well, you know, but... that first uh, Pee Wee that I saw was Pee Wee's Playhouse. And I think it was on HBO. Um, back in 82, that led to all the movies and stuff. Right. That's when he and, debuted the character. Yeah, and I can remember distinctly myself and my roommate. It was uh, it was so different, and it was just hilarious. And, you know, of course, with, you know, early Phil Hartman and, um, oh, several other players. And, uh, yeah, that was one of those things that I can actually look back and actually remember when that hit. You know, a lot of these things, I kind of remember them being around, Mm -hmm. but I remember distinctly when that hit. And it wasn't, at that time, really directed toward children. Exactly. I mean, it wasn't necessarily over the top, if memory serves, but it was a little, it was a little, well, for one thing, he kept looking up the one girl's skirt. You know, <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it was Miss Wylon or whatever, whenever she came around or he was always doing something. I think at one point he put a mirror on his shoe right. and he was trying to. So it was it was kind oh, yeah. of a, a lampoon of a child show, but it became so popular that they they toned it down. Right. And and turned it into some of the movies and stuff. But it was it was quite funny. Did you uh, came out? Did you also see, I don't know if you ever watched the Cheech and Chong movies at all, but one of the first, another one of the first appearances of Pee Wee Herman was in Cheech and Chong's uh, next movie. No way. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, Chong and his, uh, and Cheech's cousin Red, they crash a comedy club where he's doing a set. And I think he, at one point he's also like the, uh, like the clerk in the lobby at the hotel Red's staying at. Yeah. I've seen him in several things. It was interesting to see him show up in uh, Blow. Oh, yes. And Mystery Men. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about Blow. He was good in Blow. Yeah, he was. And uh, I don't have the phone in here with me. She she got it. Okay. (laughs) That's just one of our many other listeners trying to call in right now. We got a call on the line. That's my dad calling. That's my pop calling. Every night I have him call to check in, let me know he's in for the evening everything's cool and i told him specifically do not call me <laughs> between and yet he does so well, that's all right well at least i know he's okay so, yeah. <laughs> so was that peewee's did he do another theater show after that original one because i feel like i watched one it was on tv but it I think looked... he did several okay. you know and of course he did you know the saturday morning thing but sure. uh i just don't know if a lot of people know that when that originally hit i don't know if that was a groundling things or, or something out of la i think it was i think it started in the groundlings uh, if if memory serves and uh yeah the very first one i'm sure people could find it if they want that hit back in 82 i want to say is 82 because i was I know I had my first apartment, maybe 83. Um, it, by today's standards, it wasn't that bad, but it certainly wasn't directed specifically toward children by any means. Yeah, not at all. And uh, and I think it was on HBO at the time. 
and uh, so it was it was it was pretty funny though. Um, gosh, who was who played Cowboy? Oh, uh, Cowboy, Curtis. Cowboy Curtis. That was uh, um, the actor. Um, oh my God, Samuel Jackson? No, no um, Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, and, right. yeah. Yeah. and then that was the first time I ever saw Phil Hartman as Captain Carl. And Holy uh, crap, you know, I yeah. forgot about that. Phil Hartman went on to do. Um, you know, Saturday Night Live, and you know, another thing about Phil Hartman, well, you guys probably don't remember the band America. Oh, yeah. Uh, but their most popular album, the album art was done by Phil Hartman. No shit. Yeah, he was a, a graphic artist I didn't uh, know that. back in the day, and I think his brother had something to do with the band was either promoter or agent or something like that and phil hartman i don't know i'm sure he did a bunch of different stuff but he did that album art for america i think it was titled america where it's kind of like uh just uh drawings of the four guys on the cover it's a white album with the whatever but phil hartman did that that artwork Wow! A little tidbit uh, another, for you. Another talent that the man possessed. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he was incredibly. Yeah, he was yeah. good. You know, I, I miss his characters in The Simpsons I never, too. I never cared for news radio. Didn't do much for me. Yeah, nah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, everything can't be a hit. Right. And, you know, I think, but obviously, a lot of people did like it. Sure. But, uh, you know, I thought he was. If, if they were going to do it, he was definitely a good guy to play. To play that, so. I definitely missed him on The Simpsons with uh, Troy McClure and uh, Lionel Hutz. Those characters were priceless, and they're just gone. Yeah, he's definitely going to be missed. I th- Jack, I think what you're thinking about as far as Pee Wee Herman goes was, uh, I think in the last like five years, they brought Pee Wee's Playhouse to like a Vegas stage. That like must have been what it was. It was like two or three hours long. We watched it, and it was good. Yeah, because Phil Lamar was Cowboy Kermit. Yes. Curtis and Alan, yeah. yes, exactly. And it was long. I mean, <laughs> I don't think anyone is supposed to watch Pee Wee Herman for three hours. But I mean, Oh, it, man. Yeah. <laughs> but don't get me wrong. If I was outside the theater and tickets were for sale, my ass would be in there watching it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Big part of my childhood. <laughs> I wish I had that fucking genie in a box sitting yeah. right here. Make a lecker high, make a honey hole. Make a lecker high, make a honey hole. <laughs> that was Jumbie. Yep. Yes, Jumbie. That's what it was. Those that played that. It's just funny thinking back on that because uh, when we used to watch it, I, there might have been some leafy substance involved, but it was uh, <laughs> it, it was quite funny at the time. And then it you know, went on to be uh, incredible children's hit right. I kind of feel sorry for Paul Rubens to be honest with you because yeah. that's kind of what you do in an adult theater and <laughs> that's kind of what you're there for you know that's and, why they put uh, clear plastic wrap over the seats before you go in <laughs> well didn't the same thing happen not long ago to like Fred Willard they were saying something about that and that kind of went away I don't know see I don't know about all that I don't remember that one I don't either I I hope I'm not speaking out of turn but I remember there was a little just a little bit of a bump about that and it kind of went away so maybe there was nothing to it but uh, right I don't know the way I look at it. Well, hey, you got the internet these days, you know. Sure. Fred Willard could joke so, himself out of it, probably. Yeah, probably. I was doing things, <laughs> you know, I was going to be the manager with Adult Theater. I, was, <laughs> I, I can't see him he's being uh, being something like that. So, hey, but I, who cares, you know? Hey, a job's a job, you know. Yeah. I mean, 
and you know that's kind of what what folks do there i don't know why people would act surprised so well you know there was probably some homeless guy in the seat next to him jerking his chicken too but no one gives a shit about him it's, yeah. the children's show star yeah. is jerking yeah. off this is in what public. he's doing on his downtime yeah all he was doing well, was laughing here's the problem i have it's not really in public you know what i mean yeah it's it's you know um it's just they couldn't wait yeah they find something who cares you know, I think the very first time I saw Paul Rubens after all that mess, you, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a, it was a year or two, you know, and he was on an award show or something. He was going to be on. I think it was the first time he made a public appearance, and he came out and he got behind the microphone. He kind of looked at the crowd and said, "So, you guys heard any good jokes lately?" That was like the MTV Music Awards or something well, like do that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. That was the most brilliant thing that he could say. Yeah, and not and, to try to hide it, but just to make light of it. I mean, just yeah, laugh and, about it. Yeah, so I'm glad to see the guy's still working and still got a career because, you know, he's a talented guy. And, you know, th all that mess is, you know, he didn't hurt anybody. No. Nope. Not me. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't want to be there when it's going down or anything. But <laughs> no, um, thing I still I, got. No, I, I know it's not. I'm not saying it is. I just, uh, I can look past that and. Oh yeah, you know, embrace what impact he had on my childhood, and you know, it, it is funny. It can, and you might not funny. have ever known about it had it not been for some uh, overzealous sheriff's deputies. Right, yeah. exactly. Which, them lurking around looking for that to me is more creepy. <laughs> <laughs> that's than true. Whatever it is you're busting people for, you know, that's <laughs> to me. It's like I mean, who's the creepier? Right. Well. Yeah, I just don't get the idea of the, the adult, especially nowadays. I'm sure there probably aren't many adult theaters out there nowadays, do you think? I, you know, here in Missouri, um, where are you guys at? We're in Ohio. Ohio? Yeah, Columbus. You know, there's still a out on the 70, there's still a few of those uh, adult book places or whatever, I guess maybe. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, maybe if you're driving a truck or something, maybe you can make use of it. But I, other than that, I wouldn't think there would be. <laughs> you know, but we have several of them. There's one 10 miles south of town and a few out on I-70. They're still out there, at least around, around Missouri. Oh, and, yeah, we've got those around here. I mean, like actual like cinemas you go in and sit down oh, and watch. Oh, well, who knows? <clears throat> Yeah, well, I mean, with, that I, that I don't know. with the uh, the porn we have at our fingertips at any given moment, I can't imagine them being a like, lucrative business now. Why go somewhere but... to watch it when you can watch it in your own room? <laughs> it's like you know, Netflix. it's weird. You actually almost kind of feel sorry for the guys now because it used to have to be much more of an adventure to get your hands on anything like that. And now, <laughs> you know, now it's like it's no big deal. So we... it is no big deal, you know. Fire up the VCR, turn the lights on. You're like, I've earned this. Oh, Oh, no. And I, that was shoot that that stuff didn't come around till I was already grown up. I mean, right. when I was a kid, you had to, you made friends with the guy who had an older brother that had playboys, <laughs> you know, or something. And so it was it was considerably more difficult. Oh back yeah, then. the thrill of the hunt. <laughs> yeah, how far porn's come. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. Well, we're moving along on this. We're getting sidetracked again, but that's how we do. A few other cartoons coming to Netflix, and these are all remakes. I don't know. I don't think these are originals. These are all Netflix remakes. Uh, the first, foremost, being the most prominent, Inspector Gadget yes. is coming back. 
Uh, oh. Looks like C- it's a CG cartoon. Yeah. And there's 26 episodes. What? CG? No. I don't know. It, it depends on how they go. Oh, it's it looks about. good. It's Inspector it Gadget, there. man. Yeah, it looks good. Oh, that one's actually coming out on March 27th. March oh, 27th. Wow. Yeah. Yep. That soon. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. Judge me if you will. I'm watching. When I was looking it up, I kept saying in March, and I, I had to look a couple different places. I'm like, when, when? Because I don't want to be talking about, yeah, it's coming out. Oh, it was already on last week. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> one thing that's going to irritate me already. I haven't seen it, but I know it's going to irritate me is the theme song. Nothing can top no. that original Inspector Gadget theme song. It mm-hmm. is the theme song to end all theme songs. What about my, uh, the Inspector's voice? Like well, I mean, like, do it, or? It, it was perfect because, like, how long his nose was in the cartoon. The way so I nasally can't sound. talk like this. Didn't, Didn't Don that? Adams do that originally? I have no idea. What was his name? I thought Don Adams was the original Inspector Gadget. I think it was. I think yeah. That, yeah. I think that's his name. No idea. Well, so you guys don't remember Get Smart? I was just going to say Get Smart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another yeah. show from the 60s. Yeah. I, yeah, that's why it's I liked him so much. Back much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't Don Adams. Uh, himself, you know, he he hasn't been he's passed away, but he hasn't been gone all that long. I think he did it, but if he if he didn't, whoever did was trying to sound like him. Yeah, and I really want to say it was him. Oh yeah, yeah I think so too. Ooh, IMDb, I wonder if they got that. <laughs> <laughs> well, on top of Inspector Gadget, they're going to be bringing out the Popples, Care Bears, the Magic School Bus. They're all cartoons, and it's also. Uh, I think it's been announced that they're making a live-action uh, Legend of Zelda series yeah. for Netflix that's supposed to be like a family-friendly Game <laughs> of Thrones of what they've been comparing uh, it to. Oh, Lord. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. I don't know. That's going to be hard to bring to fruition, yeah. I think. But I've said that about so many things that I'm in love with now. Did they say anything about Mr. Tingles being in it? Uh, no. And I saw no no uh, remarks on Mr. <laughs> Tingles. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so we got all that to look forward to. What was the Popples? Popples were those little, uh, yeah, they had, like, little, like, heart-for-ears things. They were, like, these little tiny creatures that could, like, turn themselves inside out, like, these balls and bounce around. Well, that's more scary in my mind. I remember. I vaguely remember. I remember the name more. That was, like, early, mid-'80s, I think. I'd rather Snorks came back. Hey, you guys. uh, Inspector Gadget was Don Adams. Uh Okay. Was it? 83 to 86. Yeah. I think I've said this on the show before, but did you realize, I think it was like the first two or three episodes of Inspector Gadget, he had a mustache. Yeah, because I remember when he shaved it or something happened that he got rid of it. Yep. They didn't yeah. want to draw it, probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was easy to recycle that like animation there. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's about it on the Netflix front. Um, like Jack said, March 27th on Inspector Gadget. Yep. Whole series will be dropped. And then April 10th, shortly after Daredevil hits Netflix. So, yes. Yeah, we got some good stuff coming up here in the next month. I got another cartoon that's coming back. Oh, really? Yep. What is it? Disney XD. It's not going to be coming out until 2017, but they're going to bring back DuckTales. Shut up. Wow. Yep. Yep. Scrooge, Launchpad, Gyro, and Huey, Dewey, and Louie. (laughs) I love that thing that was on Twitter, the Launchpad. It says, flies a plane and is a fucking bird. (laughs) 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 I'm excited. I'll watch that. I'll I'll try it out. I didn't like it that much when I was a kid. What? Really? I liked uh, Rescue Rangers more. I oh, I, uh, yeah, more. I can see that. But I think it was, it was Scrooge and Huey, Dewey, and Louie I didn't like. Yeah, they were annoying as shit. Yeah. Yep. 
But uh, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed Gizmo Duck was probably one of my favorites on there. He wasn't in all of them, but yeah. when he came around, I loved that show. And this the game character. was even better. The Nintendo game was yeah. out of this world. Great game. Well, the Rescue Ranger game was actually... I love that game, too. That was a good one, too. The first yeah. one. The second one was not good. But I didn't play that one, yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> I'm going to have to play those games again. I'd wish they'd bring back Darkwing Duck. Yeah. Oh, now, now, now we're talking. All those Disney after-school shows were fun, man. Yeah. They were a blast. And the video games that accompanied them. The, the Darkwing Duck Nintendo game was cool because like you the when you'd start you got to pick where at in the city there was a crime going on and when you select it you see the his the silhouette come up and back like the, well no you saw his little plane like fly toward uh, it and then you had to tackle that mission it was a lot of fun though i am the darkness that flaps in the night <laughs> i am the darkness that flaps in the night uh, all right we're moving along. <laughs> Let's get dangerous. I loved that show, man. <laughs> Another great theme song. Mm-hmm. All right, one more thing here quick before we turn over to Keith. Um, and I just read this before you guys got here. Sony has announced that they are going to be making yet another Ghostbusters movie. Okay, it is what I kind of heard. With all guys. Yep. They must have got sick of hearing people bitch. But it said that uh, they're going to be making something called the, like, the Ghost, but Ghost Corpse or Ghostbuster Corpse or something like that. And they're hoping to like really expand on the Ghostbuster universe, not only with these movies, but possibly even like TV shows and stuff. So, oh. Say Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Dan Aykroyd and what one? was it? Ivan or Ian? Uh, Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman. Thank you. Yeah, th- I think they're going to have something to do with it, but it was very limited on details as to how involved they're going to be. So this is still in just like preliminary talks, I think. So well, that's exciting. <laughs> the comic book, yeah. you, when they came out with the comic book for the Ghostbusters, they really changed a whole lot. Did they? I don't know if you guys ever read up on it or mm-hmm. anything. The only ones I bought are the <laughs> Ghostbusters and the Turtles merge over on the IDW label. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I, I, I got to get into it more, but they had like new characters. A lot of old characters are gone. And then they're introducing a whole bunch of uh, backstories to what's going right. on in the whole universe after the movies. I just wish they would have like uh, put at least one of the originals in the movie with the new characters. That way you have some kind of a bridge over, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Instead of just throwing a whole new cast on you. I don't know, like... Um, I think if they if they do do that, then Dan Aykroyd will be the one that does it. They'll oh, be like yeah. the old go-to guy. Old man Stance, he was... Sure. He knows all about this stuff from back in the day. I'm sure Ernie Hudson would be there in a New York minute. He probably would be, too. (laughs) Yeah. He can even make the joke, like, I wouldn't flip it on. There's a bunch of cracks in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see, as we always do. All right, anything else, guys? Mm Mm-mm. All right. And with that, let's just turn right over to Keith Brown, creator of Wages of Sin, the online comic strip. Thanks again for being with us, Keith. Hey, you guys. It's my pleasure. It's uh, been a lot of fun talking with you, and I'm excited to kind of grill you on your comic a little bit now. So tell us about The Wages of Sin. It's interesting when I'm asked that because, you know, in my mind it's one thing, but I I always get a kick out of finding out how other people receive it. Right. And uh, The Wages of Sin, it's it's just a little three- or panel strip uh, I like to consider them little nuggets of chuckles, I hope. <laughs> and, you know, the whole thing started about five years ago. I started, I kind of got back into cartooning. I hadn't done it for years and years, and I started doing uh, editorial cartoons for uh, a local newspaper, and I did those for a little over a year. 
and that was a lot of fun and good practice. But I was I was hemmed in to local topics. That's what they wanted to concentrate oh, okay. on, you know. And you know, in a town like this, or actually is a town next door, about thirty thousand people, a lot of the issues that are going on are, are a lot of times the same issues, you know. Sure. And it, it got difficult to try to make some sort of humorous comment on the same thing, you know, school, right. this, that. Yeah, I mean, I could do it for a while without, you know, coming off just mean or, or over the top. And right. So I, I did that for a little over a year, and it was a lot of fun. It was great practice. But I'd never set out to do a strip. As a matter of fact, when I first started getting back into this stuff, uh, I... I was like, man, I don't want to be a strip. I don't have any idea what I would do. I don't want to get hemmed in, right. you know? So I, I did the editorials, and then when I got done with that, I concentrated on just some single-panel stuff uh, for a while. And, you know, if an idea came up, I'd just do it in a single-panel format, but I wasn't hemmed into any style or, or anything whatsoever. And uh, there was a cartoon contest at a website called the cartoonist studio which i think is no longer i i don't know or maybe they're coming back uh, or getting retooled and and i thought well okay i'll i'll enter some of my stuff so i entered like you could enter 10 10 of whatever you could enter as many as you want but 10 of a given uh whatever so i entered 10 single panel strips and, or, or single panel tunes. I couldn't even tell you what they are right now. And, uh, but there was still about a, a month or so left before the, they closed the entries, you know. And for some reason, I happened to be flipping through some old editorials that I did. And I did some sort of hack premise, uh, you know, the devil uh, talking to his assistant, something about. Um, it, it was very hacked. Something, somebody used some term about a heat wave, and he said it was trademark. Call my lawyers. Well, can you be more specific? Blah, blah, blah. Something like that. And it was just a very benign editorial, and it, I don't even remember the premise now. But all of a sudden, I looked at that, and the whole thing just clicked. Um, I was like, wait a minute. Okay. And... That was the genesis of, of the strip from a, a single panel editorial I did. It was, okay, how about, you know, the the devil's the boss. We'll have this right-hand man who's, who's named Jinx. And the devil will be a complete buffoon. And Jinx will be the only one that really knows what's <laughs> going on, doesn't really want to be there, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of how the whole thing came to be. And I don't know how many of the the strips you guys have seen, but it primarily revolves around four characters. There's the devil, there's his right-hand man assistant, Jinx, and then there's Talking Skull and Talking Spider. Right. Mm -hmm. And those are the four main characters, and, and even the names aren't, aren't real creative, but people, they get what I'm talking about. And one of the things that attracted me to it early on was since it was a setting of hell, it it, it 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 gave me leeway, I thought, since there's somewhat of a, a f kind of a fantasy element to it, that I could have these, these core characters, but I could bring in any number of characters or scenarios in, out, maybe they come in, but there would be no need for explanation or continuity. 
Right. You know, if an idea hit, I could just bring something in. Wouldn't have to explain who it is, why it is, why they're there. Just do it, do the gag and move on, you know. Right. And I've done that over time with, uh, oh, there's been a zombie. It's in some of the older episodes. I call him Walking Fred. Um, <laughs> and, there, you know, in some of the earlier stuff, I'm approaching my 500th strip. And this is just a little bit over three years worth of work. And I'm getting ready. As a matter of fact, any day now, they should be, we should be coming out through houndcomics.com. Uh, we'll be publishing my third book collection. Nice. And it's called The Wages of Sin, Volume 3, Full Stomach, Empty Soul. And this particular one, I'm just now starting to get comfortable with drawing the characters i don't have to fight it anymore you know i used to have right. to really pay attention of course this is the third book and i don't know how deep you guys have got a chance to look at any of this stuff but but if you can really go i'm not sure that much is i don't think i have it that deep on my website but on my facebook page which people could just type in the wages of sin they'll find it mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff on there and, and you can go far enough back you can really see the difference in how just how the characters are drawn and and how it started and uh and where it is now as a matter of fact every day that i don't post a new cartoon i usually post a classic one you know one of the older ones i like oh, to at okay. least have one post a day mm -hmm. and some of the gags are really good i still enjoy the gags but i look at the drawing and go wow i've i've really refined that <laughs> <laughs> but you know the the whole design of the strip, a lot of it was by accident and, and just doing it, you know? Right. So I came up with 10 ideas for this contest. And you guys stop me if I'm going on too long, but it's rare that Fine. people actually ask me about this and want to know, you know? So I did up 10 gags uh, under that strip, and it was brutal just to come up with 10 ideas for this given sure. strip. But I managed to to get 10 ideas out and I got them entered and the my single panel stuff I think I got knocked out like midway through the contest but this wages I made it all the way up to the next to the last round wow and I think it was 10 rounds 10 weeks and I made it through week nine but I didn't make it to the final week <laughs> and I was like well that was kind of cool but it was but also at that point I was just like, ah, you know, screw it, I'm done, you know. The next year, they had another contest, and I entered 10 more uh, single-panel things, all of which I thought were pretty good gags, and, and that was another one. I kind of made it midway through before I got bumped, and uh, I'm kind of the poster boy for mediocrity, you know. Uh, it's the one thing I excel at. But after I did that, that last one, when, when the next year, the, I think it was the third year, I decided, you know, that strip actually made it quite a ways through. Maybe there was something to that. So I sat down and I made a concerted effort. This is about three years ago to actually try to do something, spend all my time on it, try to develop something. And I put together uh, uh, another one. And lo and behold, that year I won best strip. And uh, so I didn't win the overall. There, actually, the overall was won by a 
talented kid called Tyson Cole. He does single pan stuff, but I won the best strip category. And understandably, so man, you got a nice, you got a really nice look on these books. I love them. Oh, thanks, man. You know that that really means a lot to me. And then, you know, I'm basically and still kind of just flailing around. You know, it'll it'll never get syndicated. The syndicates are aware of it. I've had conversations with them, and they actually like it. They like the humor and everything, but because of the subject matter, it would never be in newspapers, you know? You mean just because it's set in hell or just because, because of the... Because it's set in hell. I was going to say, right. I can't see any other reason. Right, because, well, I mean, a lot of the stuff tackled in this, I mean, you know, you're tackling, like, politics, yeah. pop culture, everyday situations that, you know, I mean, I guess some other people touch on, but what makes it interesting is, like, oh, this is happening in hell, too. Yeah. They, <laughs> well, you know, here's the whole premise, though. Who's to say what hell is? How do we know we're not living it right now? Wow. Yeah, here, here. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, uh, Amy Lago of the Washington Post was kind enough to talk with me a little bit about it. And, and, and actually, she had some special comments to this next book coming up. As a matter of fact, her uh, comedian actor, Rick Overton, who's been a wonderful cat, and he added some special comments. And the foreword's written by Ann Morse Hambrock, who uh, her and her husband produced The Brilliant Mind of Edison Lee. And Never heard of that one. Uh, it's it's a real. He's a boy genius, and it's a syndicated strip, and it's in, in a lot of papers, and they do a great job. And John's a fantastic artist. So anyway, they were kind enough to, you know, it's finally what I've found, guys, is if I just keep chunking away, you know, because Brimstone or, or Will from Hound Comics found me and wanted to add me to the Hound Comics stable because you know. Everything they do on the brimstone, the border hounds, you know, is based in hell where they're trying to keep the evil powers, you know, uh, keep the lid on it and keep them down in hell, you know, and they do the, the darker side. And he ran across this and he enjoyed the lighter side and he wanted to add it to the hound family. I was like, okay, man, I, I don't have anything else going on. And here we are, here we are getting ready to drop the third book. And... It'll be about 80 pages or 40 or something if you want to come front and back and about 240 <laughs> of the latest full color strips and a little bit of added stuff. It'll probably be in the neighborhood of 10 bucks or so. Well, that's and, not bad for a, for a book of comics, 10 bucks. I'll take no, that. Well, and see, they asked me to, they, I get input on price point and I've always been, look guys, I want, you know, I want you guys to make your taste and. If I can make a little taste, that's great, but I'm not going to get rich on a single book. Uh, so I want it to be, and people got to pay shipping. So I just want it to be something that that's that's reasonable. People think's a fair price. Oh, definitely. And, I think that's definitely reasonable. And, I yeah, mean, totally. you know, they make a great gift. And and if anybody's followed the strip much, I have this particular last batch. It's a little bit more political. Uh, not all of it. A lot of pop culture stuff. Sure. If anybody looks at that, they'll see what's just happened to be going on in my mind in that given little space and time. You know, what I've found is when you when you lampoon something or whatever, it doesn't necessarily you're you're anti whatever that is. Right. You know, or or anything like that. It just means that that given, at least as far as I'm concerned, 
at that given time, it just happens to be what I'm, I'm thinking. Now, there's some things that I, I probably come back to. You know, the most, I haven't had any backlash at all from religious folks or anything. And then again, I don't really, I'm not really setting out to make fun of religion per no, se. No, I'll, no. Have, I'll have fun with it. Um, but that's not what it's about. And I, a lot of people think, well, you ought to say this and do this. You know, I could have gone really dark with it. Right. And I've seen some of that stuff out there. It, but I was like, well, yeah, I could, but I really don't. I want to try to do it. Well, just the way it ended up, and I think it works. The the, the character drawings work. It's very deadpan. A lot of every strip probably breaks the fourth wall. One of them's right. looking out at it, going, "Can you believe this crap?" Yeah, <laughs> that's what I love about it. And that's really all all that is. And and even the the drawing style, it's a little rough around the edges, which is I think it helps lend lend itself to the, the entire feel that I'm trying to get. And it's just been, you know, it's it's interesting, you guys, because I was tickled that you got a hold of me because every other day anymore, I'm thinking about retiring. It. You know, it's like, oh no, don't retire. Well, you know, maybe I've took it as far as I can, and then every, then because it's like I can't, you know, nothing's happening, nothing's moving off center, and right. then something will happen where I just found out from the guys in Hound that um, they're going to license a few of these things for some candy. Really? Yeah, they had us. Uh, I pitched and I did a label art. There's a candy company <laughs> that Hound hooked up with called Nifty Candy, and they do all kinds of wacky candies, wacky names and stuff. Right. And so I did a label art and pitched some names. One's called Satan's Snot, <laughs> <laughs> and the other one's called the Devil's Toe Jam. Oh, man. And uh, one, yeah, and so they're going to match these up with some of the candies they make or make candies, and they've licensed those and i'm not sure you know when when all that's going to go through but i did ask brim and hound he said yeah i feel free i can mention it you know it's not a secret and so you know something like that happens i was like wow okay um it, it's just a shot in the arm you know right and because i haven't really sold a heck of a lot of books and and i probably won't but it, it's little things like that really keep me going. When people come on my Facebook page, and here's the world we're living in now, and I understand as much as anybody, when it's too much of a pain in the ass to hit like. <laughs> but I also understand it because I'm the same way. I Oh, crap, man, I don't want every other notification for this. And yeah, to right, go shut yeah. it off, that's one more click, man. Right. That's just exhausting. So I actually get it. But when people come to my Facebook page, and I hope they'll look it up on Facebook, uh, hit me up. I, I love to talk to people. And when people will take the time to share one and stuff, really means a lot to me. Um, they can visit my website, uh, thewagesofsin.net, and it's pretty benign. It has a lot of stuff on there. but It's easy to navigate, though. It's, it's very user-friendly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was on there, and I read through so many comics so easily without having to dig through archives and stuff. I flipped know? way back and was reading from, it said, 2014. You said you got five years? Yeah. I guess they go well, way Well, about three years into this comic, the website probably only has approximately half of what I've done to date. Okay. Uh, a lot of the really early stuff isn't necessarily on there now. They, you know, the Hound Comics will have Wages of Sin Volume One, Volume Two, and we're getting ready to drop Volume Three. Those can still be gotten, all about the same price point. Um, 
and so if you know if anybody ever wanted to have you know a complete collection for 30 bucks or something they could get all three and uh, I don't remember exactly what tune I left off with but yeah the website the reason it's so simple you guys is because I did it myself and I hate messing with that crap right <laughs> and you know I'd like to have a whole bunch of groovy stuff and have it set up for a bunch of stuff but to be honest with you it just wears me out messing with it and I'm like you know I just want to draw silly pictures and <laughs> so I set up something fairly easy and you know when there is stuff you know if people want to buy a book they can they can click the book tab and and it'll take them there's links it'll take them to the the hound page or 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 amazon where they're available you know hound just opened a brick and mortar store out in long island i saw, I saw that. that called hound entertainment and they they actually will they'll, they'll have the stuff on the shelf there and so nice. that's kind of how it came about, guys. And, and I, I, I pretty much average one about every other day, average for the past three years, I'd say. And wow. uh, now I, I start getting, you know, nervous when I don't know what the next one's going to be. But some idea usually pops up, you know. Yeah. That's why you see a lot of pop culture stuff and what's going on in the news today. These things aren't, a lot of them aren't necessarily evergreen, but that's okay too, because I don't, you know, if I was in a situation with an editor or something that had to be, I'd do what I had to do. But since I don't have an editor, I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to do whatever comes to mind. I hope, you know, I hope people like it, you know. For sure, I think they do. I one of the, or excuse me, one of the strips I saw on there that made me laugh. Uh, speaking of you know current pop culture was, it looked like uh, the devil was trying to keep up, keep up, keep up, and then at the end he says, "Face it, you're never going to be able to keep up with the Kardashians." Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I told him a million times, yeah, get me a juice, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, there was, was matter of fact, one of the very early ones. There was a, a strip of the devil saying, you know the 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 moral decay of the topsiders the early the very early strips i used to refer to people not in hell as topsiders kind of got away from that and, and i thought about at one point maybe having him go up and and be elsewhere but then again i don't I, I you know i could make it overly complicated really quick right and so those are little things i thought about but one very early one He's saying the moral decay of the topsiders is beginning to decline. I suppose I should help it out a little bit. And then he's hollering, there's eyes behind this cage door and says, release the Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was to take off of the release the crack and thing. And that would, right. a lot of people really enjoyed that one. Yeah, that one, you, that was, that's fairly old one, I think that probably uh, 150, 200 strips ago, maybe that release, I think, I don't know. Wow. You know, it's weird, a lot of times I love it when people bring those up, because I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Sure. <laughs> well, and, hey, anything that's bashing on the Kardashians, I, yeah. I become a quick fan of, so. Oh man, well, you know, that's <laughs> that, you know, that's the kind of stuff that keeps me going, though, guys, because I'm like, crap, man, if those cats can make it, you right. know, yeah. you know, and maybe, you know, my hope is one of these days something will just you know i'm like everybody else guys i, I i'm picking up I, i'm actually fairly new to twitter but i'm picking up some new followers and, and it's it's kind of interesting what some of them are because to be honest with you i i on twitter and stuff i'm not i'm not really going for specifically comic aficionados you know sure 
and I've picked up some a lot of actors, oh yeah, people and stuff. It's kind of cool. I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe someday the right person will see this that's looking for something, and bam, you never know. I mean, yeah, I I I would love to see how what something like this could be in an animated format. I would oh, have no be... idea how to do it. Um, I you know I don't want to try to emulate South Park because that's been done and you can't do it any better than those guys. Right. Um, well, and that's another reason why I, I it's it's an interesting dance. I could be overly offensive, um, but I don't really want to do that, you know, because it's been done. Right. So I yeah. figured, okay, can I can I dance on the fence and maybe just try to be is actually for me sarcasm rules the day. Sure. I want, and nine times out of ten, the devil's going to be the butt of the joke. <laughs> and that's you know he's going to be the kind of the idiot you know and I have the spider in there because I hate spiders and I can do things to him <laughs> um, but you know so the spider the skull and jinx and the devil those are the, the common core and if you've you know I'll interject uh, other nondescript demons from time to time just to have a line or, or have a gag or punchline or something but that's kind of the core group and and that one time that's why you don't see any full-blown uh, character bios or any of this kind of stuff I don't want it everybody sees it differently and I figure as long as somebody who's never seen it can can go and look at one and get the gag just by what's offered and maybe get a little chuckle then I figure out that's a win for me yeah and even if they don't know specifically that one character's name's Jink it's, they get it they they know the guy's the devil right that's a given maybe he's a nondescript demon that's okay and they know what a spider is and they know what a skull is so that's just kind of what I've what I've tried to do and the whole hell thing I it, it wasn't really a grand plan it just kind of happened sure. you know doing something for a, a contest but it has lent me the leeway to like I said before well if I want to put in a little ISIS terrorist or or something like that I can just dump them in there and they maybe they'll come back maybe they won't you know everyone's sure. the, the the devil's kitty just made a recent appearance again he'd been gone for a while <laughs> yeah and his name her name's snowball by the way a snowball in hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh a lot of people ask well, hey where's snowball at well, uh, she'll be back you know but uh so w when a gag presents itself I'll, I'll put her in there and i had one just the other day and um hey i would like to mention if you guys don't mind mm -hmm. uh this is my third collection of wages coming out with Hound, but I actually have four books with them. I have a, a children's book, um, several actually, but this is the only one that's illustrated and, and available through Hound that I'm, I'm really proud of. You guys got kids? Uh, no. Jeff does. Jeff does, yeah. Are, are they of trick-or-treating age? Not yet. Well, they will be soon, and I hope <laughs> you keep this book in mind because it's strictly for kids. It's not snarky. Uh, humor like you find in wages it's it's a nice it's a, a Halloween book called uh, it's an extra spooky heebie-jeebie creepy Halloween <laughs> and it's this wonderful rhyming Halloween romp where the title of that book is like the chorus of a song that repeats throughout the book and kids just absolutely love it they 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 will it's sing-songy and when that rolls around they like to say it out loud which is great because that's exactly what I had in mind when I wrote it 15 years ago is when I wrote it, but I just finally had a chance to do something with it. And uh, I'm really, really proud 
of, of that book too because it, it's not a lot of people know about it yet but from what I do know is it, it's kids react exactly the way I'd hoped and uh, so that's another thing I got out that you know uh, you know that'd be something man I'd love it if that thing ever you know hit on someday you know that's kind of it you know you guys got any questions or, or favorite strips I like when people tell me which ones they, they, they think tickled them. That I get a kick out of that. Well, I mean, I've got a whole list of questions here, but I think you just answered every single one of them, honestly. <laughs> well, I told you, um, you know, let me go and I'm liable not to stop. <laughs> you know, I don't get this chance very often and and I got to tell you another reason why I appreciate you having me on because, you know, I've been I've been snooping through your website and, and you know, you guys do, uh, looks like you're, you're in a lot of the really cool graphic novels, superhero stuff, but I, I can't see where, where you've given an opportunity just just a little strip guy like me and and i really appreciate it that means a lot to me well hey we don't want to exclude anyone i think mm. we've had one other strip boots on and pup. boots and pup yeah and scott mark oh have you so. well and you might Thank have you. in your archives i hadn't ran through your archives yet and and i didn't want to suggest you were excluding anybody no, but let no, me no, say no. i us little strip guys appreciate it because you know these cats at hound these artists and stuff have chops that i will never have but it's taken me about this long to to quit worrying about that and realizing, look, dude, you might not ever draw like that, but you do have something to offer. Right, for sure. And I'm finally getting comfortable with that, you know? And like I was talking earlier about not studying other strips, I don't really compare myself as much anymore as I used to go, man, I love the way he draws that. And I couldn't pull that off. And that's more about just worried about stealing a gag, and I'm not quite as worried anymore because after my guys have finally kind of found their own voice, right? And that that's the kind of the way I think in my head now. I think in terms of these guys, so that's not quite as bad. And uh, you know, 500 strips sounds like a lot, but if it you're is daily, if you're a daily guy, <laughs> that's just a year and a half, man. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's the way I look at that. And uh, so I'm finally, you know, been doing it long enough, guys, that I'm actually comfortable in my own skin. And I don't have to constantly look at other people's stuff and go, man, I suck. You right. know, and because everybody does it, you know, we all do it. Sure. And but at least I, I know that, hey, you know my little thing I'll you know I'll carve out my own little niche here and, and I'm slowly building an audience I got a nice Facebook following um, wow you know I just recently got like two or three hundred page likes all in a row from the country wow. of all these that's crazy you know, man yeah it is crazy I mean it's a little Islam nation off the coast of India India it's you know ruled by Sharia law but you know, I guess, but I guess they like the wages of sin. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or they're keeping track of me. Uh -oh. <laughs> but you know what? I've never, you guys, ever to date had anybody ever come hassle me about any religious aspects. Or I think, you know, I have some very religious people in my family who weren't too keen when I started doing this. Yeah, but it's not like you're bashing Christianity well, or even bringing light to hell. It just happens to be the setting. Yeah. Right. And, well, they've, they've come to understand that now. They see what I'm doing. I, I'll have fun occasionally with some scripture or something more hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. you know? um, but like I say, it's one of the reasons why nine times out of ten, he's the butt of the joke. Right. It's like I told my mother. I said, you know, everybody has different. I choose to mock him, you know. 
and so that's that's what I what I do. But it wasn't. I, I've seen some strips out there, guys, where they where it is hell based, devil based, and they're just they're incredible. They're 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 good, but they're incredibly crude. They're dark, or they're they're just really really mean toward religion. It's not at all what I set out to do with this. Right. And, that's what and, I like about this one so much. And, so lighthearted. Yeah. Understand that. Very cool, man. Well, you know, you've got a great thing going here. And before we go, if I can give you any advice, you mentioned something earlier about occasionally you think about retiring. Don't don't do it. I mean, I, I think everyone gets to, every kind of artist gets that way sometimes. And I know with this podcast, even sometimes we hit sure. balls where we don't, you know, can't get the celebrity on we want or something. And we're like, don't have oh, anything um, for the show. Oh, um, this week. Well, you know, I want to be done. But, like you know, I say, guys, every time I think about something like that, next thing I know, boom, you get this candy thing or boom, you guys asked me to be on your show. Mm-hmm. And. And I appreciate it. And it means a lot. I'm like, hey, baby, I, you know, it does. Because sometimes you're not getting the feedback you're looking for. And, and not necessarily in terms of sales, but, you know, we all sometimes we feel sorry for ourselves and blah, blah, blah. And, and, <laughs> but then something cool happens. And, you know, guys like you invite me on your, on your thing. And I appreciate what you're doing and what you're doing matters, too. Well, thanks, man. We uh, really appreciate you being here. And what we'll do, I think you sent us some links over, uh, one over to your website, thewagesofsin.net, and yes. over to houndcomics.com. Uh, we can help direct people your way and, and uh, check Facebook out your books. Oh, yes, and your Facebook page. And I tell you what, for folks listening, if they don't want to mess with all those links, come find me on Facebook. It's very easy. Like the page and anything that's going on in terms of books or hound or my website, you know, I'll have it there, and and they can always find out how to get the other stuff if they don't want to mess with a bunch of different links. Even better, making it easier mm-hmm. for everyone. All right. And man. I'm always on Facebook. That's where I'm hanging out. So <laughs> until it becomes obsolete, I can't keep up anymore, you guys. There were so many places <laughs> that I was posting. I finally gave up and said, my website, Facebook, Twitter, that's it. No more. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't keep up. I don't remember where I posted, who I posted to, and I just can't keep up anymore. Next time we talk to you, there will be the Wages of Sin Instagram yeah. coming coming soon or something. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a mobile device. Oh, really? Uh, I don't have a cell phone. Oh, wow. Uh, my wife's got one. I don't need one. And Instagram, I believe you have to have an app. Yeah, it's yes. only for a phone. You can use it yeah. on the computer, but it doesn't yeah, you can't do anything. Well, and with it. I was like, screw that. I'm not downloading an app or all that stuff. Which, um, But I'm glad you mentioned that. One of the reasons, too, that I, I kept this tune in this short chunky little format was specifically for mobile devices so you know hope somebody could see just one strip and read it and laugh or not and move on there's not a lot of scrolling not a lot of small text to read i I was trying to be cognizant of of people reading these on mobile devices that's why uh, i kind of like keeping them in the little chunks that they're in I think that's where I read most of mine was on my iPhone. So yeah, yeah <laughs> I hope you didn't perfect. have any trouble with them. I hope they no, not at all, not at all. You can view the whole uh, the whole cartoon there on the screen yeah, without was, uh, yeah, yeah without was, it being too small or anything. So yeah, it works out great, man. Great. All right, man. Well, like I said, we'll put those links on there, and I want to thank you again for joining us today, gentlemen. It's been my pleasure, and I hope we can do it again sometime. Oh, we and definitely will. We I definitely will do my best to promote uh, to promote, promote what you got going on as well. Oh, hey, we appreciate, appreciate that, it. man. Sure, Jack. What else we got on the website? Show cat. Show caps. Show caps. Show, <laughs> show recaps, videos, and photos of topics we've talked about. 
uh, trailers, the Candair video game store, movie store, and comic book store, and the 2014 Cincinnati Comic Expo. Oh, yeah. Comic book. I always forget about that thing. Always forget about that. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. Get some visuals to go along with the audio. Uh, anything else, guys? Better no, call Saul. Yeah. Better call Saul's coming on. We got to hurry oh, the hell up. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Again, stick around at the end of the episode here. Uh, here are those tributes to Leonard Nimoy, Daniel Bond. Von Bargan and Sam Simon. But until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. Jack Doherty. Jeff Holcomb. I'm Keith Brown. Live long and prosper, everyone. We'll see you next week. like you've got a pretty good handle on it. No, I don't! Don't you even care? This is your company! It's your name on the outside of the building! Speaking of which, the R fell off, and all it says now is K-Uger! K-Uger, that sounds like one of those old-time car horns, huh? K-Uger! K-Uger! <laughs> oh, oh! You are too much, Mr. Kruger! Too much! Thank you, George. You've been great. That's it for me. But, no, no, you're not going out on a high note with me, Mr. Kroger. It's Duger! Good night, everybody! I thought I had a virus because the doctor told me I had a virus, but I was not feeling better, and about a month later, uh, I found out that what I really had was uh, stage four colon cancer, which had already spread to my liver, kidneys, lymph system, and abdomen. You know, if, if laying in bed and watching TV and tweeting sounds good to you, then cancer's your disease. That's really all I do at this point. Now, the reason I'm talking about this is because uh, it shows how important this is to me. My being here shows that I consider this the greatest honor of my life. And the reason I want to be here is that I think the battle for animal rights is the most important battle and the greatest breakthroughs are gonna take place when we win this battle. And I think People are going to look back at our time and think that most of us were barbarians. It's a battle that wouldn't exist without PETA. It's a battle that will not be won without PETA, and it will be won because PETA never loses, because they never quit. And my name on this building will tell people that Sam Simon knew animals were not here for us to eat. They were not here for us to wear. They were not here to entertain us or perform meaningless medical experiments on. And they were not here for us to abuse anyway. They'll say, Sam Simon knew a dog is a pig is a rat is a bull.
As a kid, we walked the Boston Commons and the public gardens, and I was intrigued by the inscription on a fountain there. It's from Ecclesiastes. It says, cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Not long ago, I tweeted that. And what came back was, cast thy bread upon the waters, and you'll get soggy bread. <laughs> well, I reject cynicism. I reject it. To me, that inscription means what goes around comes around. You are the creators and the curators of your own lives. You create your own life and your work. Give us your best. Give us the best of your art. We crave it. We hunger for it. Help us to see ourselves, to know ourselves. Illuminate our lives. And keep in mind what Victor Hugo said, popularity is the crumbs of greatness. And please, please, for the sake of our culture, for the sake of mankind, don't create any more reality TV shows. <laughs>